In 2020, Lydia Abrams, known to many as Dia, was a wealthy 65-year-old widow living on a 117-acre ranch in Riverside County, California. Dia had lost her husband of 34 years, Clem Abrams, in 2018. She inherited their ranch and continued to manage the property. On the morning of June 6, 2020, Dia woke up and baked cinnamon rolls. Her neighbor was terminally ill and it was Dia's intention to take these over to them. Later that day, she would have lunch with her fiancé, Keith Harper. After their lunch, he went off to mow grass. When he returned to the home at 7.30 p.m., he said he couldn't find Dia anywhere, but noticed her truck was still in the drive and that she had left behind her purse, cell phone, and keys. To this date, there have been no clues as to Dia's whereabouts. Where is Dia Abrams? to the Where Are They podcast. This case of Dia Abrams is a bit maddening and also a bit confusing with all of the people and details involved. I urge you to keep that in mind as we discuss her story. The goal of our podcast is to spread awareness of these unsolved cases and give a voice to those that no longer have one. Voices to those like Lydia Dia Abrams. A few notes about the show before we jump in. Thank you to everyone who has listened to these stories, shared them, and supported the show. We recently had a record-breaking week, and we are so thrilled these missing persons cases are being heard. We also love hearing from you, and we need those case suggestions. Our goal is to always cover the lesser-known stories, and we rely on the help of others to bring those to our attention. Please email any feedback and your case suggestions to me at can we find them at gmail.com. Our Patreon bonus episodes go up on Friday and we hope you'll consider joining us over there. Patreon access begins at just $3 a month and we'll get you access to the bonus shows, special discount codes, podcast merchandise, and invites to discussion groups. Check us out at patreon.com forward slash where are they podcast if you might be interested. We also know the great majority of our listeners are not following us yet on Facebook and Instagram. I do encourage you to find us there and support the show by following along. I'm pretty excited about this week's partner, ThreadUp. If you're not familiar, ThreadUp is an online secondhand consignment shop selling women's and children's designer and name brand clothing, shoes, and accessories. I'm a big supporter of the sustainability and Buying secondhand allows us to keep unnecessary items from being discarded and filling up landfills. Items at ThreadUp are in great condition, sometimes even brand new, at a fraction of the price. ThreadUp also takes clothing on consignment, and if you know me, you know that I also send in boxes of clothing for them to sell occasionally. And I may or may not just use the cash I earn to shop on the website but you can also elect for the cash to be direct deposited to you. 
ThreadUp is offering our listeners a free $10 to shop their site by using the link in our show notes below. We will also share that link on social media. Thank you to everyone who supports our partners as our partners support the show. Now, let's talk about the sad case of Lydia Dia Abrams. Who was Dia? Dia Abrams and her husband, Clem Abrams, lived a very comfortable lifestyle. No, that's actually an understatement. They were worth millions by all accounts. Clem was a very successful developer and had built his family a fortune. Dia and Clem had two children, a son, Clinton, and a daughter, Chrisara. Dia was also a huge animal lover who dreamed of owning a sanctuary for animals. Dia was a beautiful woman who took great lengths to maintain her appearance and was extremely compassionate and caring to others. In 2018, Clem passed away and named his adult children as executors of his estate. When Clem and Dia had married in 1984, they had a prenuptial agreement. Because of the particulars with that agreement, there would be some court visits for Dia to try and get access to their finances. Some would say she was in a court battle with her kids over just that, but her kids have come out and said that that is just simply not true. Some have also said that she was estranged from both of her children, but both kids have stated since her disappearance that that was also false. At some point after her husband passed away, Dia would meet Keith Harper. The details of their relationship are up for debate, and we will get to that shortly. So on June 6, 2020, Dia woke up and baked cinnamon rolls for her neighbor. Later, she would have lunch with Keith. And when Keith discussed this lunch, he stated that Dia was acting normal and they had a happy lunch, laughing and chatting away like they do every day. Keith left after they ate to go do some yard work and mow grass, and he would say that that was around 2.30 p.m. At 7.30 p.m., he returned to the house, but he didn't see Dia anywhere. He was confused because her truck she usually drove was still in the driveway. Dia also owned a Lexus and a Jeep, which also were on the property. Keith then discovered her keys, cell phone, and wallet left behind. Dia was a very active and healthy 65-year-old woman and enjoyed walking and hiking. So I'm sure everyone just thought she had gone off somewhere at first and they owned over 100 acres of land. However, the next day, farmhands noticed that Dia was nowhere to be found and some neighbors came over to help look for her. Keith didn't really participate in this search, according to all the participants. One of their neighbors, Diana Fetter, was also there. Allegedly, Diana took charge and wouldn't let anyone in the house. One of the farmhands noticed that Diana was also wearing a gun. The following day, Keith finally reported Dia missing. Around 8.30 a.m., one police officer showed up around the same time as farmhand and employee Isidro Garcia. Isidro had worked for Dia and her husband, Clem, for 14 years and was a very loyal employee. So at 8.30 a.m., all converge at the ranch. Diana Fetter, the neighbor mentioned earlier, was there, Mr. Garcia, 
and Keith Harper. Although Mr. Garcia stated that Keith was in the process of packing up his RV as he had to make a trip to New Mexico to check on his storage facility business. Keith Harper would, in fact, drive off to New Mexico shortly after police arrived that morning, not the least bit worried about his missing fiance. One thing that Isidro stated is that he thought it was odd that Keith seemed very disinterested in Dia's whereabouts. And Isidro would also go on to discuss what kind of person Keith was, at least to him. Take a listen to this clip from Isidro's interview with news station CBS 8 out of San Diego. I was there facing the rhymes and helping, and I'm kind of sad because I got no job now. And but she was happy with me all these 14 years. Um, when and why did you leave? What happened? Did something happen? No, oh, because he want to keep me working. She's like, uh, treat me like a slave. Was he paying you? Yeah, he did pay me, but he cut my hours. I only work like 28 hours a week. But just tell me what kind of person Harper is. He's a, he's a mean guy. He's not a nice person. I'll tell you that. I, can't, I don't trust him anymore. I never trust him. So Isidro says that Keith Harper was a mean guy and says that Keith often referred to him as his slave. Keith would come out and say that Isidro was just a disgruntled employee. Now, word starts to get out about Dia's disappearance, and searches begin. This receives a little bit of news coverage, and I think that is partially because of her connection to the Idlewild area of California, which recently had a string of disappearances referred to as the missing hikers. Dia's ranch, Bonita Vista, was near Idlewild in an area locals called Apple Canyon. For those not local to the area, Apple Canyon is near Palm Springs, California. If you're familiar with the mountain views that are famous in Palm Springs, those mountains are the ones in which the Bonita Vista Ranch was located. There are mountains and deserts, and many parts are very isolated. For the most part, Dia's children stay out of the media not speaking, Later, Clinton would come out to speak and say that he was doing that on the advice of lawyers, but he would break that silence months later to speak to CBS 8 San Diego in what he describes as an attempt to bring more attention to the case. The police wonder, did Dia walk off? Did she go for a hike and become injured? Helicopters are eventually brought on to search and drones are also utilized. Nothing is found regarding Dia. But they did find a massive marijuana operation located near one of the properties that Dia owned and rented out, the Sky High Ranch. As a result, police would get a search warrant and seized more than 2,300 marijuana plants and 357 pounds 
of already processed marijuana. Could there be a connection? Police don't believe so. Now, I want to discuss the children for a minute here. They are adults. They have lives of their own. Isidro claimed that Dia's son Clinton hadn't been to the ranch in well over a year. Diana Fetter, neighbor and employee, also claimed that Dia had a very strained relationship with the children as they were fighting over money. In fact, Diana would claim that Dia once told her if something happened to her, it was the kids. The battle between the kids and Dia would be a he said, she said battle. Diana, who works closely with Keith Harper at the ranch, definitely says they were not on good terms. Isidro, the ranch's long-term employee, does mention that the kids never came to the ranch, but he also states that he doesn't really know the true nature of their relationship. There was also a strange battle of the Ford pickup truck. Allegedly, there was a dispute in which the children were trying to take ownership of this pickup truck, and this was before Dia disappeared. Isidro confirmed this in his interview as well. The truck was apparently in the name of Clem Abrams, and the children believed, since they inherited his estate, that the truck belonged to them also. When Clinton was asked about the deal with the truck, this was his response in his CBS 8 interview. Yeah. Uh, what, what is the deal with this truck? I know it's in your dad's name and legally you can go get it. But it seems like there was an effort to get the truck before she went missing. And then you went and got it shortly after she went missing. Uh, all of what is the deal with this truck? Why is it necessary for you to go up there and seize the truck? The truck's not necessary. All that was white noise created by attorneys. We got the truck after the fact in case there was evidence in it, in case it would lead to finding Dia. That was solely our concern and making sure it wasn't in the possession of anybody with malintent. Okay. Do you want to talk about what you found in the truck? Uh, I I found blood in the truck. I found a bloody pillow. I called homicide. They came and got the truck and did an extensive investigation on it. And then after they were done, it took me a long time to get it because... It's an extremely disturbing emotional situation. And so finally they pushed me and they said, you got to get this truck. And so finally I went up there and the truck wouldn't run. And so I spent the whole day with homicide in the forensics lab, not in the forensics lab, but in their parking lot. And we restarted the truck. Finally, the batteries were, it needed a new battery. We hauled it to this place in, uh, I think it's San Jacinto. So then we fixed the truck and we brought it back here. This is up in Riverside County? Yeah. This is in Paris, California, which I guess is Riverside. Whose blood was it? I don't know. I have no idea. you ask them? Yeah, of course I asked them. They said, we can't tell you anything about that. We can't tell you anything. So my thoughts are really only speculation. Did you try to get the truck before she went missing? No, we never made a serious effort to get any truck. But did you contact her telling her that you wanted that truck? I never did. This is, I, to my... In our interview with Isidro, he seemed to indicate that that may have been the trigger that made her want to cut you guys out of her trust. I personally feel really bad 
about that. Nobody was going to ever take her working truck. That's just such a silly thing. All it was was attorneys talking to attorneys and, and just trying to use any leverage point possible. Nobody, we had multiple conversations. Nobody was taking any truck. Nobody was going to, nobody was going to take my, we were never going to take our mother's working truck, her car. My main thing is I want to find my mother. So again, back to the he said, she said battle. This is just a very bizarre case. Clearly, there was some type of legal battle going on between Dia and her children. I think what's contributing to the strangeness of this case is the lack of coverage, media, interviews, and reports that have come out to the public. We have to take the little bits here and there that we do know and try and piece things together. And the players involved in this case are doing their best not to speak up. In fact, that interview with Clinton was done one year after Dia had disappeared. No family members had done an interview prior to that. Clinton did state over and over that he loved his mom. And the facts that the media did report about this apparent lawsuit over the truck and finances were severely misinterpreted, at least according to Clinton. In fact, during his interview, he spoke very highly of her and offered up some explanations for his absence in the media spotlight. Let me uh, back up a little bit. Um, what, uh, why did you wait a year to speak out about your mom missing? We were trying to do it the right way. and We were told, let the investigators do their thing. And if you speak to the media, it could create too much of a firestorm. It could blow up the situation, make it too volatile. And so I was trying to be respectful and allow the proper due course to occur. Do you think that was a mistake? I don't think that was a mistake. I think now is exactly the right time, frankly. Okay. Mike, for you and your sister over the past year? It's been the absolute most nightmarish, difficult, soul-draining experience of our entire lives. There's no question about that. Do you think that the investigation is going anywhere at this point? Right now, it seems that from the outside looking in, it appears to have stalled. Mom, like, tell me a, a little bit about her life on the ranch, what she liked doing. She loved saving animals. She loved caring for and saving animals. Since she was the sweetest, most generous person, truly, that you can ever meet. She was always giving so much of herself. The morning she went missing, uh, it was that morning she had baked cinnamon rolls for her terminally ill friend and neighbor so she she woke up early baked cinnamon rolls and delivered them to her good neighbor a neighbor did see her saturday morning that's my understanding okay all right very good let's look for a minute at the fiance keith harper for one, his behavior was very odd after her disappearance, and investigators immediately raised an eyebrow. The day Dia was officially reported missing, Keith packed his RV camper and said he had business to attend to in Aztec, New Mexico. He would stay gone for most of the week. The police served a search warrant on the Bonita Vista Ranch a few days after Dia's disappearance, describing her case now as a possible homicide. They confiscated a bedsheet stained with possible blood, two spent bullet casings, and two handwritten letters. 
Law enforcement also traveled to New Mexico, impounded Keith Harper's RV, and removed a section of the front driver's seat as evidence. They searched Harper's storage business in Aztec, New Mexico also, but the list of evidence taken has not been publicly released. During this investigation, it would also come to light that Keith Harper had several felony charges against him in the state of Colorado. In 2000, he was charged with domestic violence, sexual assault, and kidnapping. The charges would end up being reduced. In 2011, he was found guilty of misdemeanor sexual assault for groping two women on a snowmobile tour and ordered to register as a sex offender. In 2014, he was sentenced to four months in jail for probation violation. I think it's suffice to say Keith Harper might not have always been the most upstanding man. What is interesting, also, is that Clinton Abrams doesn't believe that Keith was ever even his mother's fiancé. Clinton said that until her disappearance, he had never even known Keith or had ever even known he existed, for that matter. What was your impression of Keith Harper on that Sunday when you arrived? He was very shifty, reluctantly speaking, kept stating he had meetings and he couldn't be there. He left the following morning. My impression was not too much of anything one way or the other. I was trying to keep an open mind. I didn't know if I didn't know if Dia had loved him or not, or I'd never met him. I'd never heard his name. I didn't know who he was. So I didn't I didn't I tried not to judge. It was a stressful situation. Uh, what can you tell me about Keith Harper uh, being her fiance? It's definitely not the case. I know my mother. She was not going to remarry. Keith Harper was not her fiancé? I don't believe that to be the case. Do you believe he was her boyfriend? I do not believe that to be the case either. I believe at one time they were potentially close. I can't say for sure. I do not know. However, I do not believe at the time she had disappeared that they were had that type of relationship. Okay. Had your mom ever said anything to you about breaking it off with Keith Harper or, or, or not uh, enjoying his company anymore or anything like that? Was there any advance warning that this was coming? I had absolutely no clue that he even existed until after she disappeared. So I can't speak to any of that, frankly. Now, was this because they were indeed estranged, as many people have said, so he just wasn't aware of his mother's fiancé? Or is Keith lying about his relationship to Dia? As police probe into the investigation, it gets pretty murky. I suppose this is often the case when a crime is committed against a very wealthy person. Money seems to bring out the absolute worst in people. The details of the financial trusts and assets are summed up nicely on the Charlie Project page. I'm going to read an excerpt from the Charlie Project entry on Dia's case. When Clem died, Dia inherited some of his properties, as well as a marital trust. At the time of her disappearance, in addition to trying to get the prenuptial agreement invalidated, Dia was seeking $6.7 million from her late husband's estate to fund the marital trust. Chrisara and Clinton had both filed an opposition to their mother's petition. Dia had kept some of the assets in trust. When the trust was initially established in 2016, 
the beneficiaries in the event of her death or incapacitation were to be Chrysara and Clinton. An unsigned, partially handwritten clause was added to the trust in 2018, excluding the children as beneficiaries. It said, Trustor leaves nothing but her love and affection to her son Clinton Abrams and daughter Chrysara Abrams. Just 15 days prior to her disappearance in 2020, Dia restated the trust transferring ownership of the Bonita Vista Ranch and two other properties into it and naming Keith Harper as a trustee and beneficiary of her estate. A second trustee was also named. This was Diana Fetter, a neighbor who lived 10 miles from the Bonita Vista Ranch and helped Dia manage her properties. Harper and Fetter took over the trust and began co-managing the Bonita Vista Ranch after Abrams went missing. Harper filed a power of attorney document claiming control of the ranch. According to Fetter, Dia had not wanted her children to ever become trustees of her property. Harper stated he and Fetter planned to make the Bonita Vista Ranch into an animal reserve as this had been Dia's wish. So a couple of observations and inconsistencies we've run across so far. Diana Fetter is said in all sources to be a neighbor, but in an interview, Diana herself admits that she doesn't even live in the state of California. And what is with this handwritten note saying, Trustor leaves nothing but her love and affection to her son, Clinton Abrams, and daughter, Chrysara Abrams? Is this supposedly insinuating that Keith Harper was supposed to get everything? There is also an interview with Diana Fetter in which the reporter states that the mortgage on the ranch is several months behind. Diana states that this is false because she pays the bills and she can prove it. The interviewer produces a petition complete with copies of the mortgage statement stating that the mortgage is indeed past due. Diana still denies it. So it seems with Dia out of the picture... Keith and Diana have taken up operation of the ranch. Isidro says that Keith even made a comment to him that at 70 years old, he hoped he could live another five years. Five years is the length of time needed in California for someone to be declared legally dead and the time frame Keith needs to be able to lay claim to Dia's estate worth millions. Keith finally also went to the media, perhaps as an attempt to take pressure off of him and why he wasn't talking so much, but his interview grew a lot of criticism. Here is a short clip of Keith's interview. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the last time you saw her. We had lunch that day at about 2 o'clock. Finished up at about 2.30. Did she seem depressed, despondent, or what was her mood like? Not, not really. She was, uh, I mean, we fed the horses, which are seven miles down earlier. We had a guy work on a uh, water heater down there. She was of good spirits at that moment. Who was in the ranch at the time she disappeared? Just me. Okay. Um, And what was the last thing you said to her? How did it go? Oh, we ended lunch. Um, we were going to Durango, Colorado on the following day. Uh, she said, she had made a statement. She said, uh, I would like to talk with you. And I said, well, we have the meadow to do. And 
I said, I'll be until dark getting the metal done. And uh, I said, we, can we talk once I finish that? I will not ever see her again what, at that point. What items did, were left behind? She leaves her purse on the, on the counter. She talks about going down and reining the horses. She does that all the time. She usually leaves at about 5 o'clock. She gets back at about, oh, probably 7.30, quarter day. To go down to Garner Valley? Yes. Okay. So, I'm curious, what do you think? Do you think Keith had anything to do with Dia's disappearance? Do you think maybe Diana and Keith were in cahoots on the whole thing? Do you think the kids are innocent, or are they possibly involved as well? How does a wealthy millionaire woman with lots of friends and employees just vanish into thin air? Let's narrow down the theories. Number one, Dia walked off. Maybe she even became one of the famous Idlewild missing hikers. She certainly disappeared in the right area and at the right time frame. And Keith would even mention this during his interview. Maybe she just went out for a walk and something happened to her. But why couldn't they find any signs of her? Did she happen to just hike off into the most obscure area? Maybe she just had enough of all of the bickering and court battles and just left to start fresh. The hard part about this theory is that there was no cash missing, no documents taken, no activity on credit cards or bank statements, and no social security number use. Theory number two. Dia met with foul play at the hands of her own children. There is a group of people who believe this to be the case. It's hard to really nail this one down as a yay or nay because of the lack of information we do have. Even the information on their relationship has been inconsistent, and daughter Chrisara hasn't even spoken out at all. It's really hard to believe the battle could have been that extreme, but like I said before, money does seem to bring out the worst in people. Theory number three, Dia met with foul play at the hands of alleged fiancé Keith Harper. I think everyone can agree the guy is a bit of an odd duck, but that doesn't necessarily make someone a killer. I wish we knew more about the evidence they collected, but this investigation has been going on just over a year and he has never been named a suspect. His behavior with Diana Fetter is also bizarre to me, and Diana herself seems a bit off. Not to mention, the guy certainly has a history of violence against women. So as of current day, Dia Abrams is still missing. Chrisara and Clinton are petitioning the court to have a neutral third party put in charge of the ranch and Dia's estate, as it is currently being managed by Keith Harper and Diana Fetter. Keith says he intends to manage the ranch and turn it into an animal reserve as Dia would have wanted. He continues to live on the ranch and after five years have passed, he can inherit the property. A lot of people are being drugged through the mud here and I don't think all of them are guilty. I really hope answers can be found so everyone can have peace, mostly Dia herself. So what do you think happened to Dia Abrams? Where is she? Dia was last seen on June 6, 2020. She was 65 at the time of her disappearance. She is described as a Caucasian female with blonde hair and blue eyes, 5 foot 5 inches tall, 
and 130 pounds. She was wearing a black and turquoise windbreaker jacket, a yellow shirt, and blue jeans when she was last seen. If you have any information about the whereabouts of Lydia Dia Abrams, please call the Riverside County Sheriff's Office at 951-955-2450. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Dia's story. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and help us spread the word of these unsolved cases. As time goes on, we are hoping to have case updates to share with you all as we follow each case we cover very closely. You can find our YouTube channel as well, where we upload videos that include photos, maps, and CCTV footage, if there is any, for each case. You can find us at the Where Are They podcast channel. We welcome case suggestions anytime. Email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. And of course, a big thank you to this week's partner, ThreadUp. We have a free $10 offer for you that we will link in the show notes and we'll probably throw a link up on Facebook and Instagram for you also. Please share Dia's story any way you can. This case has mysteriously been so quiet, but this beautiful woman is still missing. Thank you again for listening. We will be back again next week with another episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.